0: Take your Bibles, if you would, turn to the book of Judges. We continue our study today in the book of Judges. We'll be in Judges chapter 2. As you're uh, turning there, uh, someone sent me this email. Uh, You've probably heard some of these before. Uh, It's entitled, Only in America. I thought this was great. Only in America. Only in America... Can a pizza get to your house faster than an ambulance? (laughs) Only in America are there handicapped parking spaces in front of a skating rink. (laughs) Only in America do drugstores make the sick walk all the way to the back of the store to get their prescriptions while healthy people can buy cigarettes at the front. If you've ever been into a CVS, you know what I'm talking about. Only in America do people order double cheeseburgers, large fries, and a Diet Coke. I'm guilty. I'm sorry. <laughs> so y'all are too, huh? All right. I see how it works around here. Um, how about this? Only in America do banks leave both doors open and then chain the pens to the counter. <laughs> What's up with the hat? Some expensive pens, I guess. Um, How about this one? Only in America do we leave cars worth thousands of dollars in the driveway and put our useless junk in the garage. (laughs) Only in America do we use answering machines to screen calls and then have call waiting so we don't miss a call from someone we didn't want to talk to in the first place. (laughs) Only in America do we buy hot dogs in packages of ten and buns in packages of eight. Ah, yeah, uh, That one always gets me. How about this? Uh, only in America do we use the word politics to describe the process so well. Poly in Latin meaning many, and ticks meaning blood sucking creatures. <laughs> only in America do they have drive up ATM machines with braille lettering. <laughs> Okay, in in case you need further proof that the human race is doomed through stupidity, here are some actual label instructions. Now, these are actual label instructions on consumer goods. On Sears Hair Dryer do not use while sleeping. On a bag of Fritos, this is what it says. On a bag of Fritos, you could be a winner. No purchase necessary. Details inside. <laughs> what is that, the shoplifter special? Or <laughs> on a, on a, a bar of dial soap. Now, these are real things. You check it out next time you're in the grocery store. On a, on a bar of dial soap, directions. Use like regular soap. And that would be How? Um on some Swanson frozen dinners, quote, serving suggestions. Defrost, but it's just a suggestion. <laughs> on Tesco Tara M- Misu, I I I don't eat the fancy dessert, so I know I just butchered that. But anyway, it's a dessert. It's printed on the bottom of the box. Do not turn upside down. <laughs> Oops, too late. <laughs> <laughs> On Mark's and Spencer bread pudding, quote, product will be hot after heating. As sure as the night follows day. I. <laughs> on uh, packaging for Rowenta iron, this is an iron. Do not iron clothes on body. Oh, come on, man. That saves a lot of time. You guys know what I'm talking about, you've done it before. Pretty good with the pants, but when it gets around the midsection, I usually get a little burn every now and then. All right. Too much info, I know. Here we go. How about this one? Uh, On boots, children cough medicine. Do not drive a car or operate machinery after taking this medication. You know, we could do a lot to reduce the rate of construction accidents if we could just keep those five-year-olds off the uh, cough medicine uh, while driving the forklifts. But, you know, I'm just saying. How about this? On Nytol a sleep aid, warning, may cause drowsiness. (laughs) I would hope so. Um, On most brands of Christmas lights, for indoor or outdoor use only. Okay, as opposed to what? (laughs) Um, How about this one? On a Japanese food processor, quote, not to be used for the other use. Uh, Okay, I'm I'm curious. What would be another use for a Japanese food processor? Um, How about this one? On Sainsbury peanuts, warning, contains nuts. (laughs) Newsflash. All (laughs) right. All right. Uh, Two more, I'm done. On on an American Airlines packet of nuts. An American Airlines packet of nuts. Instructions. Open packet. Eat nuts. (laughs) Step three. Fly Delta. And the last one. On a child. (laughs) Excuse me. I got to. Okay, I'm getting choked up already. On a child Superman costume. Wearing of this garment does not enable you to fly. Don't blame the company on that one, but I do blame the parents, all right? <laughs> so anyways, I thought that was, that was kind of cute. Well, uh, we are continuing this morning in the book of Judges, and we heard some stupidity of Americans, and we're going to hear some stupidity of some other followers um, of God, and isn't that just like us? Sometimes we can be a little ignorant when it comes to what we should be doing, and we're going to see such a case in today's text. I've entitled today's sermon, Who We Serve? Satan, self, or the Savior? We're going to look at three parts in today's text. Let me go ahead and read the Scripture, and then we'll break this down if you're taking notes and take a closer look. Look with me in Judges chapter 2. And let's begin our reading today in verse 7. So the people served the Lord all the days of Joshua, and all the days of the elders who outlived Joshua, who had seen all the great works of the Lord which he had done for Israel. Now Joshua, the son of Nun, the servant of the Lord, died when he was 110 years old. And they buried him within the border of his inheritance at Timnath-Harris in the mountains of Ephraim on the north side of Mount Gash. When all that generation had been gathered to their fathers, another generation arose after them who did not know the Lord nor the work which he had done for Israel. Then the children of Israel did evil in the sight of the Lord and served the Baals and they forsook the Lord. God of their fathers, who had brought them out of the land of Egypt. And they followed other gods from among the gods of the people who were all around them. And they bowed down to them, and they provoked the Lord to anger. They forsook the Lord and served Baal and the Ashtoreths. And the anger of the Lord was hot against Israel. So he delivered them into the hands of plunderers who despoiled them, and he sold them into the hands of their enemies all around so that they could no longer stand before their enemies. Wherever they went out, the hand of the Lord was against Israel, against them for calamity, as the Lord had said, and as the Lord had sworn to them, and they were greatly distressed. Nevertheless, the Lord raised up judges who delivered them out of the hand of those who plundered them. Yet they would not listen to their judges, but they played the harlot with other gods and bowed down to them. They turned quickly from the way in which their fathers walked. and obeying the commandments of the Lord, they did not do so. And when the Lord raised up judges for them, the Lord was with the judge and delivered them out of the hand of their enemies all the days of the judge. For the Lord was moved to pity by their groaning because of those who oppressed them and harassed them. And it came to pass when the judge was dead that they reverted and behaved more corruptly than their fathers. "...by following other gods to serve them and bow down to them. They did not cease from their own doings, from their stubborn way. Then the anger of the Lord was hot against Israel. And He said, "...because this nation has transgressed My covenant, which I commanded their fathers, and has not heeded My voice, I also will no longer drive out before them any of the nations which Joshua left when he died, so that through them I may test Israel." whether they will keep the ways of the Lord to walk in them as their fathers kept them or not. Therefore the Lord left those nations without driving them out immediately, nor did He deliver them into the hand of Joshua. Father, I pray this morning You give me clarity of thought. I pray that the hearts of each listener here today would look into Your Word, Lord, that we would reflect, that we would listen, that we would heed Your voice. Lord, I ask that You again... And give us that attentive spirit. I pray that the distractions would be removed. And I I pray, Lord, that you would allow me to be a vessel this morning to proclaim your truth. And so, Father, we commit this service into your hands as we're seeking to worship you in a way that will bring honor and glory. So have your way in our life this morning. And throughout the days that you give us, we'll give you praise. In Jesus Christ's name, amen. Who we serve? Satan, self, or the Savior? Three parts in this study. The first point that we're going to look at is the people had an ignorance of who God is. Ignorance, verses 6 through 10. The second point we'll look at is they, they incited God. Verses 11 through 15, they incited God. And verses 16 through 22, our third and final point, they ignored God. Notice, if you would, in the text, verse 6. We didn't read this, but it sort of starts us off and and continues from 6 to 10. And it says this, verse 6, And when Joshua had dismissed the people, the children of Israel, went each to his own inheritance to possess the land. And you'll keep reading and it says, So the people served the Lord all the days of Joshua, all the days of the elders who outlived Joshua, who had seen all the great works of the Lord, which he had done for Israel. Now Joshua the son of Nun, the servant of the Lord, died when he was 110 years old, and they buried him within the border of his inheritance. Two times in those passages you see that word, inheritance. You now as I'm studying this and preparing the message, the Lord reminded me of this truth. We have what we have, just as the people of God in those days. It was an inheritance. You don't earn an inheritance. It's given to you, it's a gift from God. This land was a gift from God. There's so much that can be said in regards to that subject alone. You know, I think of salvation. We didn't earn salvation, it's a gift. When I look at this text, and and, and that was one of the first things that, that stood out to me, what we have, what's been given to us, it's all at the hand of God. Your life's blessed? It's because of the hand of God. You have good health? It's the hand of God. Anything that we have, anything that we can claim, America's a great, blessed nation. You know why? Because of God. Because of who He is. Because of His goodness. Because of His grace. He offers this grace to these people here. This is the promised land. Go, take it. It's yours. I'm giving it to you. But as we'll learn, they incite God and they ignore God. Christian, I wonder if we're not doing the same thing. In our life, in America. Though we've experienced, we've been given the inheritance, so to speak. Those of you who are believers in Jesus Christ, you know what I'm talking about. You're heirs to the kingdom. We notice... uh, uh, we're reminded in, in, in James 1.17. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and comes down from the Father of lights with whom there is no variation or shadow of turning. What we have, what we've been given, just as the people in this day was at the hand of God. So I look at this, and as I'm studying, as I'm preparing... There's there's this portion of Scripture from 7 to 10, and it disturbs me. Look at it. You've got all these people who who came through with Joshua. Now think about it. They've come out of the Exodus. They've seen God's miracles. Can you imagine what that was like? To stand there at the, the, the vastness of the Red Sea. To know that of of the millions of people that are here and were stuck, and and Pharaoh and and, and the armies are coming to destroy them. To have the waters just begin to peel back and to allow them to cross through on dry land. The miracle. I I mean, i got to believe these kids, these adults are looking at this wall of water, and probably some of them are gripped with fear at what's going on around them. with The thought of this wall collapsing. I imagine some of them are probably running as fast as they could to get through it. This is a miracle of God. And they're experiencing this, this all in this magnificent wonder. And then to see that protection, that hand of God, once they get to the other side, and and Pharaoh and his troops coming through, and that wall crashing. They witnessed that. The manna from heaven. The water provided. The Ten Commandments given. I mean, think about all that they experienced. All that they witnessed. And yet this text says that when Joshua dies, and there there were elders who were alive during Joshua's time, there were people that were alive who who lived a little longer out than when Joshua passed away. They remembered the works. They They had seen what God had done. But then a new generation came up. And they didn't know. I put in, in my Bible, I marked when I was studying, why? Question mark, why? Why is it that this next generation did not understand the things of God? I mean, wasn't this the, the Israel's code? The Shema? Uh, you know, Israel, uh, the Lord your God is one. And then he goes on, he talks about, teach your children. Right? Rising up in the morning, laying down at at night, wherever you go, teach these things to your children. But here's a generation that doesn't know these things. You know, we've got a generation. and, And some of our senior saints, they don't know God the way you know God. He's not precious to them. What's precious to them is their friends. Things. I mean, I, I don't know. Fill in the blanks. What's, what's, what's precious to the generation today? You think for yourself. Think within your own heart. What's precious to them? Young people, you know. Think. What, what is precious to, 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 to your generation? Is it truly the things of God? Is this what people eat, sleep, drink, breathe? Of course not. Even those within our church. You know that greater than anyone. Those of you who are in the church youth. You you know what I'm talking about. Adults. It's not much different. uh, There either sometimes, is it? Why? They didn't know Him. Verse 10. Look at it. When all that generation had been gathered to their fathers, another generation arose after them who did not know the Lord. Nor the work which He had done for Israel. You know, it's been said God has no grandchildren. God has no grandchildren. You can't have that kind of distant relationship with God. Each one must have his or her own personal relationship with God. Young person, you may have grown up in the church. Your parents may be believers. That doesn't make you a believer. God has no grandchildren. <laughs> Excuse me. You know, they uh, they didn't know him personally. They had not experienced God in that intimate knowledge. My guess is this morning there's probably some here that have never experienced that intimate knowledge of truly knowing God. But for those of us who have experienced the life-changing grace of God, we've crossed the Red Sea, if you will, from death into life. We can't help or we shouldn't be able to help but tell about the works of God in our life. Are are we sharing what God's doing? When's the last time you told someone? Ah, you know what God showed me in His Word this morning? You know what's something I understood? I was doing my devotion this morning and, and, and this passage just really spoke to me. When's the last time you've shared something like that? Notice verse 11. not only were the people 6 through 10 ignorant of who God is, they now began to incite God. You see, that's what happens when a generation forsakes God, when a generation is ignorant of who God is, the nature takes over and they continue on this road of digression, if you will. And now they begin to incite God. Lotus verses 11. Then the children of Israel did evil in the sight of the Lord and served the Baals and they forsook the Lord God of their fathers who had brought them out of the land of Egypt and they followed other gods from among the gods of the people who were all around them and they bowed down to them and they provoked the Lord to anger. They forsook the Lord and served Baal and the Ashtoreths. And the anger of the Lord was hot against Israel. Well, let me stop for a second. They forsook the faithful God and followed the foreign gods. You see, they they forsook the faithful God, the true God, the faithful God, and followed the foreign gods. Notice it says here that they served The Baals. It's plural. Who is this Baal? B-A-A-L. Who is this? It's a male god of agriculture. Well, what about this Ashtoreth? That's a a plural form for the female goddess. And she was a goddess of sex, lust, romance. Listen to what MacArthur says in regards uh, to these other gods. He says, Idol worship, such as the golden calf in the wilderness, flared up again. Spurious gods of Canaan were plentiful. El was a supreme Canaanite deity, a god of uncontrolled lust and a bloody tyrant, as shown in writing found at Rosh Shemra in North Syria. His name means strong and powerful. Baal, son and successor of El, was lord of heaven." a farm god of rain and storm, his name meaning Lord Possessor. His cult at Phoenicia included animal sacrifices, ritual meats, <clears throat> and licentious dances. Chambers catered to sacred po- prostitution by men and women. You'll find that throughout 1 Kings fourteen twenty three twenty four. 24. Uh, Anath, sister wife of Baal, sister wife of Baal, also called Ashtoreth, Astarte, patroness of sex and war, was called, quote, virgin and, quote, holy, but was actually a sacred prostitute. Many other gods besides these also attracted worship. So think about this young generation. In this time. They hadn't seen any miracles from Jehovah. Those elders had died off. That information had not been passed on effectively as it should have been. But now they're in this new land. And by the way, what have they done? What have we learned in previous sermons? They didn't do what God told them to do and wipe out the people. Instead, they compromise and eventually even surrender and allow the people that they were supposed to run out stay there. And they begin to live amongst them and with them. So imagine with me for a moment if you would. Here you've got some people who've come out of Egypt where irrigation was the way of farming. (coughs) They were used to this form uh, of, of gardening and, and the crops. I mean, they had what they needed. But now they're out here doing dry land farming. They didn't quite understand how to do that. How are we going to get water to our gardens? Oh, well, let, us, let me tell you how we do it in this part of the woods. We sacrifice to the god Baal. He's the god of the sky. He provides the rain. Notice how plush my crops are. I give several times. And in fact, me and the fellas go up there once a week, you're going to, you need to come with us sometime. Can you imagine? Again, the pressure of the people who did not know their God influencing them. So I imagine, hey, pragmatism. It it seems to work. Seems like their garden's growing pretty good. Maybe we ought to get involved in, in some of this type of worship. The Scriptures tell us that that's exactly what they did. They began to worship the other gods because of the people that were left there to influence them. Who's influencing you? Is your God the God of the Scriptures? Is He the one who's orchestrating your steps? Or are you doing what feels right? What feels good? What you believe is the right thing to do? You see, the whole theme of Judges is the people did what was right in their own eyes. And I think that's where we're at today. A lot of times in America, in American Christianity, we like to pick and choose Scriptures. We like to (coughs) submit to... The things that we're okay to submit to. But the other areas, uh, no thank you. So you see these gods and goddesses, and, and they don't look much different than the gods and goddesses that have hold of us today lust, sex, romance. Not many people are content in love with the God of the Scriptures. You know, God isn't just something we add to our lives. He wants to become our life. And He will not have us adding other gods to our lives. He's a jealous God. If we're said to be in a marriage and the Scriptures in Ephesians refer to us, we're in a marriage-type relationship with God and we are not allowed to say, well, I love you, God. I love you, but also I want to add this lover and that lover. I can love you all. God wants one spouse... To meet all our marital needs. And He's the one God who can meet all your needs. You see, they were playing the harlot in the face of God. Think about what this would be like. I mean, this isn't like your spouse having an affair. This is like your spouse having an affair while you watch. That's how serious this is. Look at the Scripture. You you Don't take my word for it. What does the Word of God say? What does it say? It says that... um, Notice... Verse 11. Then the children of Israel did evil in the sight of the Lord. Nothing we do escapes the sight of the Lord. Can you imagine... How furious you should be to have that happen before you. You see, the people begin to incite God. Are we inciting God today because of the things we're choosing to do in the sight of God when He has told us how we should be doing things? Verses 14 and 15, we see the consequences of their decisions. It brought discipline. Notice in those those passages, verse 14, "...and the anger of the Lord was hot against Israel, so He delivered them into the hands of plunderers who despoiled them, and He sold them into the hands of their enemies all around, so that they could no longer stand before their enemies. Wherever they went out, the hand of the Lord was against them for calamity, as the Lord had said, as the Lord had sworn to them. And they were greatly distressed." They couldn't stand. You know, we're reminded in the New Testament, John 15, 5 says, I'm the vine. Jesus says, I'm the vine. You are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. You see, these people had forsaken God. Oh yeah, they come into the land all bold and mighty. They were overthrowing people one after the other. I imagine pride probably crept in a little. But now they've abandoned their God in pursuit of other gods. And now there's calamity in their life. It seems like everything's going wrong. Everything's coming against them. Why? Well, I can tell you why. They had directly disobeyed the Word of God. Christian? If you choose to directly disobey God's Word, I can promise you calamity in your life. Are you going against the revealed Word of God? Like these people. Are you going against the revealed Word of God in your life? Third and final point. They ignored God. They were ignorant of who God is. They incited God. And now they ignore God. Verses 16 through 22. Notice verse 16, what happens. Nevertheless, think about this rebellion, this this, this stubbornness of these people. And yet, here again, we see God's grace. Nevertheless, the Lord raised up judges. By the way, underline that phrase, the Lord raised up. This book isn't about the judges, uh, uh, the people. It's about the God who who raised up the judges. Don't lose sight of that. Don't lose sight of as we go through the Scripture. Because, by the way, what's the reminder here? I'll tell you what the reminder is for me. Though I'm called as a pastor to deliver the truth of the Scriptures, I recognize just as the people that are delivering the Scriptures of the old day... I'm flawed. I'm human. I have weaknesses. And I'm thankful God allows imperfect people to proclaim His truth. I mean, just think about some of the people He chooses. And I think it should be a reminder to all of us, it's not about uh, the people, it's about the person, God, and who He is and what He can do. It should put our eyes back on Him. But, let's see what happens. He he raises up these judges who delivered them out of the hand of those who plundered them. Yet they would not listen. They would not listen to their judges. God says, here, spokesperson, listen. I'm putting this person in your life to help you And we don't listen to them. First Samuel 15:23 says this: "Rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft, and stubbornness is as iniquity and idolatry." That's pretty serious. Here you've got these judges that God has raised up. He's put them in these people's lives to influence, help them, to get them back on track. But they don't listen to them. Can I tell you, I I learned a long time ago. A long time ago in ministry. A lot of times my counsel is going to fall on deaf ears. A lot of deaf ears are just going to... Oh, people want advice. People want counsel. They want to know what God has to say. But when you give them the truth in love, I can't tell you countless time and time and time again, every man does that which is right in his own eyes. I used to, it, 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 and it still grieves me. But I'll never forget the first time I gave counsel, and, and, and that was, I mean, it was black and white, what needed to be done. And my wife and I loved these people just very dear. I mean, we had invested our life into them, and, and it was black and white in God's truth, and we gave them that counsel only to see them walk away from the things of God. It crushed us, it broke our heart. Now, those chapters aren't finished yet, and our prayer is still that at some point they will see the truth and return, repent. You hope that's the case here. You look, you read, you see what happens. Yet they would not listen to their judges, verse 17, but they they played the harlot with other gods and bowed down to them they turned quickly from the way in which their fathers walked in obeying the commandments of the Lord, they did not do so. And when the Lord raised up judges for them, the Lord was with the judge and delivered them out of the hand of their enemies all the days of the judge. For the Lord was moved to pity by their groaning because of those who oppressed them and harassed them. And it came to pass when the judge was dead and they reverted and behaved more corruptly than their fathers, by following other gods, to serve them and bow down to them. They did not cease from their own doings, nor from their stubborn way. They wouldn't listen. One pastor put it this way. I thought this was was a great outline. He says, the children of Israel were being stubborn. What they did leads us to ask three questions about ourselves. If any one of the answers to these questions is yes, perhaps we are being stubborn too. So let me ask you these questions, you think about the answer. If the answer is yes, perhaps we're being stubborn too. Am I on the run? Defection, verses 10 through 13. Israel was running away from God and His laws. Am I? Christian? You're running from the things of God? For more on that, see Jonah. How about this one? Am I on the ropes? Discipline. Is God disciplining? Verses 14 through 15. Israel was being disciplined by God. Am I? I don't know your circumstances. Some of you I'm aware, some of you I'm not, but here's the thing. We're in Judges chapter 2. This was determined long time ago. I don't know all of your circumstances. Ask yourself the question, am I on the ropes? Is what happening, what's happening in my life is it possible that it's because of the discipline of God? Third point, am I on the rev? Quote, Rev, dissension, verses 16 to 19. Rev here is short for reverend and refers to spiritual leaders in my life. Israel would not hearken to their judges. Instead of accepting spiritual leadership, am I, quote, on spiritual leadership with unjust criticism or antagonistic confrontation? In other words, are you ignoring... The spiritual leadership that God has placed in your life. Are you ignoring that? As Israel was doing in regards to their judges. Verses 18 through 21 they were doing things their own way, not heeding the revealed truth of God. Are are you doing things your own way? Though though the truth says this is how it's to be done, A, B, and C. We justify, don't we? We justify what we do, and sometimes we'll even use this to justify it. Verses 22, and, and also it carries on into chapter 3, verse 1 and verse 4. Listen to some of these passages. That through them I might test Israel, whether they will keep the ways of the Lord or not. Now these are the nations that the Lord left, that He might test Israel. And they were left that, they, uh, that he, he might test Israel to know whether they would obey the commandments of the Lord. You know, what does a test reveal? What does a test do? It reveals... Uh, a, a medical, think about this. A medical test doesn't make you sick or well. It only reveals if you're sick or well. The Canaanites were to Israel what an x-ray is to a lung. What did the test say? It said that they were gravely sick. Those are words from David Gazek. And he's right. The people of God were gravely sick. Why? Because they did not heed the voice of God. Because they had, first off, ignorance of who God was. They, they incited God by their actions, by uh, playing harlot with the gods around them. And then they ignored God. And they ignored God's leadership in their life. You know, the law of gravity, the law of gravity cannot be resisted. (laughs) Newsflash there, right? The spiritual laws that God has established is like the natural. There are consequences to actions that will follow. If you decide to climb on top of a ten-story building and jump, the law of gravity will take effect. You may do it several times. I'm sure at that height you probably won't. But even if you thought you would, and you could think all day long, well, maybe this once I'll fly. There's a law, the law of gravity. There are spiritual laws in place. And guess what? God has written His truth down in Scriptures. And for us to ignore it, to choose to do our own thing, There are consequences that will always follow. Church, as I read through this and as I prepare this, it it, it alarms me. It alarms me. Because I know God is sovereign. And I know He knows all of our situations and all of our circumstances. And I realize, and as I sit through this, I have to, to, to reflect first. Lord, shine the light here. Let me see. Is there there anything within me? Help me see it. But then I'm also aware of there very well may be in our midst those who are being ignorant of who God is. There may be some in our midst who are inciting God because they're finding more pleasure in the things of the world than the God of the Scriptures. And some who are just ignoring God the truth of God's revealed Word, and the counsel of those He's placed in their life. Turn to Mark 5, and this is my last passage, and we'll pray. Mark 5. What's the answer? What's our answer? Look in this text, if you would. Mark chapter 5, verse 4. Um, actually, I'm sorry. I, I, I gave you I gave you the wrong reference. Um, let let me give you let me give you the context of of the passage, and you can look it up later and read it for yourself. But the passage that that I wanted to allude to here in closing was this. You remember the story. Jesus is in the boat. He's asleep. And a great tempest arises. The storm begins to rage. And the disciples that are on the boat begin to freak out. They're scared to death. So they run down. and Jesus, you've got to wake up. We're going to perish. This, this storm is out of control. Jesus is asleep. And you remember, he steps forward and he calms the sea. The passage in Mark says this that they they were exceedingly fearful. They were no longer exceedingly fearful of the storm, of the circumstances in their life. No, what they were fearful of was who is this man? who speaks and the, and the storms come. They were exceedingly fearful. Church, you want the answer? You want the answer to, to this in our lives? Uh, the circumstances that are out of control, the storms you're in, the middle of the storms that you're facing, whatever, and whoever you are that are battling these storms in your life, guess what? You think that's bad? You need to get your sights where they need to be. I need to get my sights where they need to be. We, as the church of God, need to be exceedingly fearful of the Almighty God who penned these words. That's the answer. We've got to see Him. Let's pray. Father, We read in this passage of Judges and we see we see what happens to when your people don't, first off, communicate to the next generation your truth. And Lord, I, I implore parents and grandparents to see this seriously, to, to recognize their great responsibility to communicate, not just with their words, but with their actions to that next generation. What is important? What is priority? Not to to go a pragmatic way that if it works or if this makes me feel good or if this is... No. Those are foreign gods. Lord, instead, help us to delight in You. Help us to to live that out. Let that be uh, while we eat and sleep and and rise in the morning. Go to bed at night. Let, Let everything we do be done for Your glory. And help us to share that to that next generation. And Lord, for, for those, some here, may, maybe they're in the, in the midst of it where they're inciting God. They're, they're just doing things that are contrary to your truth. And Father, perhaps some have, have just ignored you. You you perhaps have pleaded with them through circumstances. Testing has come into their life to see whether or not they would obey the commandments of the Lord. Lord, I know it's hard. You said, "Well, but but my situation, my circumstances." You just don't understand, Pastor. You you know I. This is too difficult. If I do this, this sets up a whole bunch of dominoes and the consequences of if I confess this or if I'm truthful with this or, or if, if I go this route as opposed to doing that. If You're right, I don't know your situation. But God does. And it boils down to one word. Trust. Can I trust God with my circumstance? Can I trust that the one who calmed the storm can calm this storm? And you know what? Maybe the consequence is that some of those dominoes fall. Maybe the consequence is that hardship enters in. But you will never do wrong doing what's right. Trust God with your circumstance. Seek to honor His revealed truth. Lord, I pray that You've and will be working on our hearts as we go through this study. Lord, I I thank You already for just uh, uh, what You've shown me and and, and what You're continuing to show me in my own personal time and personal study of this uh, this text. Uh, Lord, I, I pray that You draw us to that place of repentance. Lord, I realize there's some here today that do not know You. I pray that today would be their day of salvation. May they see You for who You are. And Lord, for those of us who've put our faith and trust in Christ, help us to to, to walk worthy Of that calling. And may we be obedient. Every step of the way. We thank you. And that name. That's above every name. In the name of Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen.